I jumped when I felt something twitching in my back pocket. I remembered I'd left my cell phone on vibrate. I took the phone out, flicked down its mouthpiece, and hit the answer key. From the ID screen, I knew the call was from my best guy friend, Jesus. What's up? Jesus Lopez's high-pitched voice crackled with static. Where's your father? I stopped at a bank of windows on one side of the hallway, near a display case that housed a collection of weird student-made puppet heads and clay vases embedded with chunks of gaudy costume jewelry. Why? Just tell me. He left yesterday to help carbon date bones in Sumatra. Good, Jesus said. Then it's not him. What are you talking about? A code one for the museum just came over the police radio band. Squad cars are heading there now. Even though my dad had been gone for a week, I was worried anyway. Code 1 was police shorthand for homicide. Thanks, Jesus. We'll check into it. I closed my phone, shoved it back into the pocket of my chinos, and spun on my heels. Bad news at the museum. What's up? Mackenzie asked. Someone's just been murdered. What do you say we duck out early and head uptown? Let's do it, Mackenzie said. She put her assignment pad away into the fake leopard shoulder bag that she'd recently bought for $3 in a Soho thrift shop and followed me to the main office. I used my irresistible smile and soothing voice on Miss Xanthi, the bleached blonde secretary, to snag two early dismissal passes. I was truthful, saying that there was an emergency at my father's workplace. I just left out the part about Dad being away on the other side of the planet. Spalding Kaczynski came running up to us as we were heading for the exit. He had one of his, oh, let me suck up to you some more expressions on his face. I wanted to warn you guys that Wendy Fillerman's been gossiping about the two of you again, Spalding said. What's she saying this time? Mackenzie pretended she was interested. She came up to me during family living class, Spalding said, and warned me, oh, don't invite P.C. Hawk or Mackenzie Riggs to any party of yours, or you're going to end up having Cokes, egg rolls, and a big fresh corpse. Isn't that mean? Thanks, Spalding, Mackenzie said in her special way that means get lost. I'm really looking forward to working with you both on Ganesh, he called after us as we practically ran away from him. We left Westside School and cut across the street and passed the Texas Barbecue and Oliver Cromwell Hotel. The Dakota apartment house on the corner of 72nd and Central Park West loomed like a boxy Gothic castle. Neither I nor Mackenzie could ever walk past the Dakota without remembering the horror movie film there, in which Mia Farrow gives birth to a demonic baby, and that John Lennon had been shot dead on the walkway in front. I know some people who think ghouls haunt the Dakota. Every building in New York held some dark freak of nature history, it seemed. Now, we were on our way to find out about another horror. Lucky your father's off on a travel gig, Mackenzie said. I knew this was Mackenzie's way of letting me know she understood what I was feeling. I'd already lost one parent and was often worried about losing the only other one I had left. My mom had died of cancer just after Christmas the year before, while my dad was away on a dig in China. Sometimes, the feeling of being alone is terrifying. I think what my mother's dying taught me was how precious a human life is. Ever since, whenever I hear of anyone being cheated out of their life by someone else, I want the guilty one to be punished. And who the guilty one is, is often a mystery. I like solving crimes as much as my dad has always loved solving the mysteries of the world that lie in fossils and ancient temples and distant planets. You might say, we're just different kinds of detectives.
You're umming again, Mackenzie said. I guess I am, I said. I often um when I'm deep in thought. Mackenzie and I picked up our pace past the art sanctuary and flapping banners that announced its latest photography exhibit, Lynchings in America. At 77th Street, the Museum of Natural History rose before us like an otherworldly stone fortress. It's surrounded on its two-block tract by long stretches of iron fences and gates. The walls of its main buildings are thick granite blocks that rise five stories into the air. It's a massive complex of roomy turrets, flying buttresses, and really vicious-looking gargoyles. Police cars and emergency vehicles with flashing red lights were parked helter-skelter on the vast cobblestone driveway that swept down to the stone staircases that framed the side entrance to the museum. Both Mackenzie and I recognized the unmarked dark coroner's van with its black windows.